Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Monday, April 4th, 2022. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, we've got some interesting results from our latest The Canvas survey of senior Capitol Hill staff, number two, this week in the Senate, what to watch, and number three, who we are watching. All right, Jake, let's get into it. Uh, The top of Punchbowl News AM is leading with some of our first results from the Canvas Capitol Hill. Uh, It's pretty fascinating. This is, our, of course, our anonymous survey of senior Capitol Hill aides that we conduct alongside the Locust Street Group. We are going to be rolling out this data each day. Um, However, this is going to be the only freebie. So if you are interested in digging deeper into this data, please become a premium member. Uh, You can do that at punchbowl.news. But let's get to it. Some extremely hot topics, Jake. Yeah. So the two things we focused on this morning are uh, related in some sort of way, but uh, unionization and the Dear White Staffers Instagram page. So let's start with unionization. Unionization is a hot topic on Capitol Hill. Um, Both uh, basically in the House, there's been a movement to unionize Capitol Hill staffers. This is a, a, a movement that has you know, it's always been discussed, a uh, lot of skepticism about how possible it actually is, but it is technically possible. So we have some interesting data about how the Hill feels on unionization. 45% of staffers said they oppose efforts to unionize Capitol Hill age, just 39% supported it, and 16% said they did not know. Uh, let's stop on that for a quick second. 45% say they oppose uh, is interesting. Um just because of the the what what we hear it would indicate that everybody is for it. Now again, you made a really good point a couple minutes ago to me off mic, I guess, uh, uh, which is this is senior uh, staff on Capitol Hill, not necessarily junior staff. Junior staff is where this movement has come from. I would say it's fair to say. So uh, an early sign at kind of the tension the tension there. So. Um, no, that's number one. Number two, uh, 77% of Democrats support the effort. That's a big That's a big number. Um, 87% of Republicans oppose staffers unionizing with 13% undecided. Now, if there were an effort to unionize, a formal effort, 56% of respondents said they would not vote to join a union. 44% of Democrats said they wouldn't vote to join, while 97% of Republicans said they wouldn't uh, vote to join. Senate staffers are less interested than the House. Uh, 36% of Senate aides said they support the effort. 39% oppose. 40% of House staffers support it, and 47% oppose it. Um, this is picked up. This is picked up um, steam in the last couple months. Now, let's this, pause wait, on can that I for just, a I just want to hold up before we get to the direct staffers because, like, yep. these this is a lot of numbers. What you're just throwing out here. I mean, I think one top line takeaway. Not that surprising. Uh, the Republican-Democratic split on unionization and support of it, very strongly Democrats support, very strongly oppose on the Republican side. I do think that it is interesting um, when you just, when you look at it and to your point of what I was talking about, because I, I think, you know, we often are looking to these senior staffers to understand what the zeitgeist is on Capitol Hill uh, vis-a-vis what's happening behind the scenes 
And it's not that surprising to me that senior staff is not probably super invested in this, hasn't spent a lot of time thinking about this. I mean, this has been something where particularly going into the next, you know, kind of item in this top thing, Dear White Staffers, I mean, this is a groundswell that is happening at the junior level of folks who feel unappreciated, underpaid, and are are trying to give voice to that either through official actions around the union effort. Um, not saying that there's not some senior staffers who are supportive of it. Of course there are. Um, but oftentimes, you know, particularly when you look at the Dear White Staffers Instagram account, I mean, this is this is stuff that is really talking about kind of junior staff, how they are, you know, marginalized, how they are overworked, how they are underpaid. That's right. Um, now let's move on to Dear White Staffers. Dear White Staffers is an Instagram page that has gotten the attention. I mean, you can't go anywhere on Capitol Hill without hearing about this this page. Uh, a lot of feelings about it among among all sorts of people on Capitol Hill. A lot of people follow it. It, it catalogs, in a sense, the um, uh, anonymous complaints about bosses, pay inequity, sexual harassment, the general workplace culture. On Capitol Hill. Now, here's what we we found. 64% of senior staffers said they do follow the page. 77% of Democrats, 50% of Republicans, 62% of House staffers, and 68% of Senate senior staffers. Very interesting. Uh, The majority of staffers said they do not believe the account accurately reflects Hill staff attitude. Only 39% of respondents said the account reflects the genuine attitudes of most Hill staffers. 59% say the account reflects little, if any, of what staffers really think. Um, I would I would extend what you said, Anna, to to this as well. I mean, senior staff might not. Senior staff is generally management in this in this respect. Um, so they might not have an idea about how junior staff feels about their job. So that is a huge caveat here. Um, so I, I would both on the union front and on this this Instagram page, which has been an interesting um, an interesting look at at uh, life on Capitol Hill. Let's go on to the number two story of the morning. What's happening uh, in the Capitol this week? The big action is, of course, on the Senate side. The confirmation of Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson to the Supreme Court is the number one priority for Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, his leadership team, and the White House. Uh, it's also the number two, the number three. You get it. It is the uh, single most important thing that they are going to be doing this week. But there are, of course, several other issues under discussion uh, that could possibly get a vote on the Senate floor, everything from uh, a COVID preparedness package to a bill to strip preferred trading status from Russia and Belarus to uh, a vote on the motion to formally begin negotiations with the House on Yusika. Uh, it is going to be a jam-packed couple of days. It is. This is going to be a very, um, a very busy few days on Capitol Hill. Uh, as as we note this morning, number one, number two, and number three priority is the um, is Katanji Brown Jackson's nomination for the Supreme Court. Uh, and uh, there, but that doesn't mean there are not other things to do. The con- the Senate and the House go on their uh, uh, April. Easter, Passover, whatever, um, uh, break after this week, their big kind of spring break, two weeks. So um, let's just talk about Ketanji Brown-Jackson for a quick second. They, The Senate Judiciary Committee will meet today at 11 a.m. to vote on Jackson's nomination. We expect an 11-11 tie. That means Schumer's gonna ha- Chuck Schumer, the Senate Majority Leader, is going to have to discharge the nomination with a simple majority vote from the committee. 
Um, Susan Collins has already announced her support, so there's going to be bipartisan support for her nomination. This 10 a.m. vote or the the motion to discharge vote today could be an interesting. It could be a um, kind of a test vote for the nomination, although not that's not guaranteed. Um, Republicans are going to filibuster this, so it will. They'll have to file cloture. This uh, Schumer will have to file file cloture, uh, and that would bring the vote to probably Thursday. You know, it could be Friday, but it, there, there's 30 hours of debate on that. Uh, any one senator could force that full 30 hours, which would push the vote to Friday. Um, so Schumer and Senate Minority Leader Chuck uh, Mitch McConnell will have to come to some sort of agreement on the timeline. Now, also happening at the same time, COVID relief. Now, I, COVID prepared, preparedness money, it's not necessarily relief. This is billions of dollars to uh, cover global vaccination and um, uh, new therapeutics, new vaccines. This is a big deal for the administration. Um, they need to get 60 votes for this. So this has to be a bipartisan agreement. This is something that Mitt Romney, Republican of Utah, has been leading alongside Roy Blunt, Richard Burr, and others. Um, and uh, so that is something that's happening at the same time as Ketanji Brown-Jackson's nomination. Also, Russia oil ban. Now, this is just a huge mess. Um, uh, the administration has already banned the import of Russian oil and Belarusian oil, Um the, the larger question now becomes, is there a, a deal to codify that into law? The bill passed the House. Uh, that bill passed the House, plus a bill to strip normalized trade relations from Russia. For the, the PNTR, the, the trade relations bill, passed 424 to 8 in the House of Representatives. But there's been some problems with the uh, Magnitsky language. Now, Magnitsky... Uh, is uh, language that imposes sanctions on human rights violators. Some Republicans are concerned it goes too far or, it, or it, it's mis... Uh, it, they're concerns with the language. They thought they had an agreement. They clearly don't have an agreement. The, could they get an agreement this week and bring it to the floor? Now, floor time is... If they get an agreement, that means they'll probably have an agreement to speed it up and to get it through the chamber. But they've not been able to do that so far. They wanted to do that last week, and they've not been able to. They were not able to last week. Also, nominations on uh, two other things. Nominations, Federal Reserve Chair Jay Powell and other Fed nominees need a final vote on the floor. Yusika. Um, there has to be some sort of vote on the Senate floor to go to conference. Conference is the formal negotiation process between the House and the Senate on that big chips innovation um, uh, technology bill. Uh, if that doesn't get done now, probably won't get done at least until the end of the month, perhaps even May. Uh, the administration is very eager to get into that negotiation. The negotiation is going to be difficult. Um, so that was a um, uh, that's another thing that's hanging out there. Let's just move quickly to the number three story of the morning for us who are watching. In such a busy week, we are just going to uh, narrow it down to two. Uh, probably unsurprisingly, KBJ, Katanji Brown-Jackson, uh, is going to be uh, the one to watch on the threshold of making history. Uh, if confirmed, she'll be the first black woman on the Supreme Court and only the third black justice. Her confirmation will break a nearly 12-year drought for Democratic nominees ascending to the Supreme Court. And white men won't be a majority on the high court after 232 years either. That is the number one person we're watching. Otherwise, Jake, I'll leave it to you. 
Yeah, Mike Memoli of NBC News broke the news yesterday that Barack Obama was heading to the White House for the first time since he left in 2017 um, for to celebrate the Affordable Care Act. Um, big, kind of a big deal, I would say, or as as Joe Biden would say, a big effing deal. Um, uh, that is something that we're going to watch. That comes. Uh, Tuesday that's happening tomorrow and something that's going to be an interesting um, an interesting thing to keep an eye on all right and with that thank you so much for listening please leave us a rating and review it's the best way for folks to find out about the daily punch you can also subscribe to punchbowl news at punchbowl.news have a great day and stay safe <laughs>